Hi, I'm Joy. And I'm Janelle. And we are your hosts of the Melanin and Miles podcast. We are just two Black girls in our 20s who have traveled to over 25 countries and five continents. And we want to share our travel experiences and advice with you. Like when I went cliff jumping in Jamaica, or when I booked a flight for only $6, and even when I lived with a host family who didn't speak any English in Spain for four months. Or when I went skydiving in D.C., swam with elephants in Thailand, and won over $200 at a casino in Puerto Rico. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. Hey guys, I wanted to pop in to let you know that we are gifting the first 100 people who leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts a dope Melanin and Miles enamel pin. You can wear the pin on your jacket, add it to your backpack, or on your luggage. All you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts and claim your thank you gift at melaninandmiles.com slash pin. This segment of our podcast is called The Check-In, where we both update you guys on where we've been traveling and life updates in 60 seconds or less before we get into the episode. Hey guys, it's Joy here. This week I am checking in. I just got back to LA from Howard Homecoming. I had such a great time. I stayed with my good friend Nala. I got there Thursday when we went to just a midnight breakfast thing that was really a party that happened to have some food in the back and then Friday we had yard fest where the day the baby performed and sweetie and some other people and Saturday was the tailgate and I went home Sunday um I had to switch my flight from Monday to Sunday so shout out to Delta for letting me switch my flight with no problem and that flight was so long like six hours coming back from DC to LA and I really just started watching a new show Chasing Dion which you should check out on Netflix it's so good I'm gonna watch it the next time I'm on a plane but that's all for my check-in for this week I'll talk to you guys next week hey everyone it's Janelle checking in again and I just got back from Howard's homecoming it was a great experience besides the typical lit activities during homecoming like the tailgate yard fest etc the weekend continued to be very lit where I got to see joy again after a long time also it was my roommate's 21st birthday so a whole group of us came up from Hampton there were hella Hampton people at, at Howard's homecoming which was nice And also, Kanye had a Sunday service, which was surprising and also very entertaining. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Study Abroad series. Today is part two, the pre-abroad experience, like finding the right program, applying, and preparing to go. If you're not caught up, go back to part one, where we talked about our Spain study abroad experiences and more. Like I said before, today we're starting with the pre-abroad experience, and we're going to start off talking about what it's like finding the right program for you specifically. Hey, guys. (laughs) Hey, Joy. (laughs) Hey, Janelle. So, yeah, finding the right program. 
Instagram. So there's so many options when it comes to study abroad. Like you have the whole world. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot of options. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you like choose Spain like and narrow down your process? And then like we can get into some tips for the peoples after. Okay. So I chose Spain because I was studying. I have a minor in Spanish in school. So I really wanted to be in a Spanish speaking country. But so like that narrowed me down somewhat like in the world. But also there are a lot of countries that speak Spanish. So I chose Spain specifically because it was one of the cheaper options for me to go to for the time period that I wanted. And then also it was the like, I guess the dialect was easier for me to understand just because it's what I had studied most of the time in school. And the city specifically, I chose it because like I knew it was like a popular like study abroad city. So I knew I wouldn't be like the only one, I guess, there. So that's how I ended up picking Salamanca as well. Cool. Yeah, I had a similar like thought process when choosing where I wanted to study abroad. So I was like in high school, I wanted to like go abroad so bad. I think I wanted to go to Italy. And then I really just realized like I I was taking Spanish classes. So maybe like Spanish speaking country was a better option. So same boat as you. I was a Spanish minor. So if you want to like take classes that help with your minor can do a Spanish speaking country or my also my school, which is like the journalism and communication school, we have programs that you can take classes for your major as well. But those classes are in English. So I knew one of my big goals was I wanted to learn a language while I was abroad. And since I already had like a head start on Spanish, we're going to a Spanish speaking country. And I had already visited Panama, which is in Central America. And then I had already visited Brazil, which was in South America, but they speak Portuguese there. So I kind of had that experience. So I wanted to see what Europe was all about. And I also wanted, I wanted my study abroad to be challenging, but I didn't want it to be like overwhelming. And by that, I mean, I wanted something a little bit familiar to the US, but also different enough where I'm like still learning a new culture and stuff like that. So that narrowed me down to like Europe. And then Spain is one of the only places where they speak Spanish there. So that's how we found our programs. But like, how do you find the right program for you? Mm-hmm. And a big thing to look at is like, how long do you really want to be gone? Because like a summer may seem like a short period of time, but like it's still like three months out of the year, which is a long time. <laughs> and like, if you also want to be like gone for a year, that's also a pretty long time. But if you want to be gone for a long time, that's like good to know as well. But there's like a bunch of other options if you don't want to do like a couple months. Like there's a program at your school, Joy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for throwing the ball. Like, um, <laughs> so like I said, I went to Brazil. So I actually got to go to Brazil for three weeks. And I also the whole program was four weeks and it was called a Maymester. So basically tagged onto our spring semester was another four weeks where we could take classes specified to like any type of topic. So I chose a class on African cultures in Brazil. And uh, yeah, so we got to go to Brazil and like take classes. So that was cool. So that was kind of a cool program. I did that after my freshman year. So I don't think I was like ready enough for a semester abroad, but I got to do like four weeks. And they also had summer programs in two. But the great thing about the Maymester was my scholarship actually covered that. That's nice. Okay. So other things to look at that you may not be sure about, like you can study abroad while you're in college or you can do it while you're in high school. So I don't know if you're like mature enough to do it in high school. I know Joy and I both considered doing it back then. <laughs> yeah, they had like an assembly for us. And yeah. they're just like, leave your family. And I mean, people did it too. Like, <laughs> Yeah, we know some people who went for like a year of high 
school to like a different country and came back fluent. Yeah. And like, well, one girl, she was like fluent in like Catalan and <laughs> and Spanish from living in like Barcelona. Yeah. Sorry. A lot of people are honking on my end. So just uh, continue. Like, okay, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to mute myself because these people are like. Oh, OK. So, yeah, but definitely like it's possible in high school, but it also can be very stressful. And you always have to like check with like the type of programs that are available in your area. At, at our high school, we had AFS, which was like a pretty cool thing, but they only paid for you to go for like a year. So that's a long time. But then also in college, there are like way more opportunities. Obviously, there's the programs that Joy and I did, but there are a million other ones out there. Like there's a bunch of different companies. There's a bunch of mm-hmm. different things that like your school can do. Just like find your study abroad office and find. Yeah. Even if your university doesn't have the city you want to go to, um, I know that there's companies that will like offer ways for you to still go abroad and get credit. Some schools even like partner with other schools to like share programs. So like definitely like really just ask questions, go to like study abroad fairs, talk to students who have been abroad that you know, go to like different events on like different cities you might just might be interested in. Like your university should have like a lot of like programming and like interest events. Yeah. Okay. And then another big thing to consider is the language barriers. So like how like Joy and I studied abroad in a place that spoke Spanish, mainly because we were trying to learn Spanish and we had Mm -hmm. a minor in Spanish. But if you're doing it more for like, I don't know, like if you have like a major in like English or like business or something like that, and you're just trying to do a program abroad that doesn't have really anything to do with language. Yeah. I don't know if like going somewhere with like a complete different language is like what you want to do, but it could be still. So you just have to like consider like what you're comfortable with, like what language the classes are in, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And also like I have a friend who studied abroad in Hong Kong and like your first thought would be like, oh, I can't speak Mandarin, but actually she like everyone she met could speak English basically because she was in like a really big city and she was in like a smaller surrounding city. So like make sure you do the research on the location, like what languages people speak. And like even if people speak a different language, are the classes at your university in English or are they in that native language? Yeah, for sure. Another thing to consider depending on like if you're really picky or not is weather and time of year. And this can be a big thing or a small thing. For example, like if you want to go to Australia, just know that like the seasons are reversed because you're on the other yeah. side. <laughs> I mean, unless you live on that in that hemisphere right now. <laughs> but yeah, if you're like in the northern hemisphere and you go to like the southern hemisphere, all your stuff is going to be kind of whack wonky. Also, like time zone, like do you want to be a six hour time difference or like a day ahead? Yeah. Of, like <laughs> your loved ones, your family. I was in like a long distance relationship. So like being in, in an entirely different day just wasn't an option. <laughs> Um, that like six hours was like probably max could like stand. Yeah. And weather's a big thing too. Like when I, I went during the summer, so I like warm weather. It's not that bad, but it was also like one of the hottest summers in Spain, like known <laughs> so far. And so <laughs> that was the a lot. history of mankind. <laughs> yeah. And so like, like our house didn't have AC and a lot of buildings like didn't have AC unless it was like a business or something. So living in like that sweat and heat was just like not that fun. And then also like joy went during like the winter. So yeah, it was cold. <laughs> it was very cold. I mean, Madrid was like, it was cold. But like when we left Madrid and went to like other parts of Europe, like Europe is wintertime until like July. So <laughs> like, when we went to Amsterdam, it was so cold. Like it ruined my Amsterdam experience because I was literally like had like hypothermia. Yeah. Like <laughs> everything was freezing off. It was cray cray. Sheesh. All right. And then another thing to look at are like the classes that 
what you may need. So if you're like studying abroad for specific coursework, look at like, are these classes pass fail? Do you need to actually like get a good grade? Like all of those things are kind of important to know, like depending on what program you want to do. Um, I was lucky enough to have like a pass fail type opportunity. So I was still like not that stressed about classes. Goals. <laughs> because I did a program through my school and like everything was connected. They were like, hey, we're going to give letter grades for these classes <laughs> in the language you are not fluent in. I did fine though. I did fine. But it was a struggle. Like study abroad is supposed to be like academically like a break. That was not the case for my program. I don't know why, but we had so much homework. We had so many papers due. We had like midterm finals, projects, presentations like every week. It was ridiculous. Readings. We had so much reading. Oh my gosh. We had like big course readers that we did the whole, like we read cover to cover these course readers. I was like, y'all are crazy. Yeah, that's right. Oh, another um, thing about that, just to like add on to that, like we did not get a break until spring break. So literally January, February, March, we didn't have spring break until Samana Santa, which was April. We didn't get a break. So we were burnt out. And then by the time it was spring break, it was like after spring break, it was final. And I was like, I wish we didn't have spring break because now I forgot like all my Spanish vocab because (laughs) I went on vacation. Yeah, I mean, like you forget like it's just so particular. Like you get a break, you like don't speak Spanish like for a whole like eight days, like and then to come back and have like final presentations and like have to write essays on your exams. Like it's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds terrible. But what else is there? Oh, yeah. Also look at costs. Like how much does the program cost? Can you afford it? Do you have scholarships? Those are like important things to look at as well. And lastly, if all of those things like didn't like help you out at all, if you're still not sure, check in with your study abroad office because like if we don't know, they definitely will know like a good amount of stuff about like all the programs that your school has to offer. Yeah. So after you like find the right program, it's time to apply. I feel like we can kind of speed through this part just because it could be different based on like your school and the like the program you're applying for. But there's basically like three type kind of parts. One, the application two is like essays and three is like some schools like my school had an interview. So do you have any recommendations for the application? I don't know. My application is pretty simple. One thing I would like strongly recommend looking at are letters of letters of recommendation. Um, definitely get like good people that you trust to write them like write them for you. Like I don't know how like selective the program is you're applying to, but mm-hmm. usually like the letters of recs are kind of like the main thing people look at. I feel like for most things you want to do in life where they ask for a letter of rec. Um, yeah. <laughs> I got mine from like previous Spanish professors. Like I'm pretty sure from my program, like my program had a language requirement. Mm-hmm. So you had to get your rec letters from like previous Spanish professors. Okay, yeah. So definitely like keep like stay on good terms with like your professors, advisors, etc. Because you never know when they could write you like an awesome letter, which can help you get into good things. And not only for like the actual program you want to do, but maybe also for like scholarships to help you like pay for that program as well. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like essays, they're usually going to be like, why this country? Why the city? Or like, why are you a good match? Or like what international experience you had? I'd say like go back to kind of like your college essay. Like I feel like it's the same type of thing. It's nothing like over the top, but you definitely want to like be like thorough, like let the people get to know about you. And then like really, if you don't know anything about the country you're going to learn about it and like use some of those things in the examples of like what you want to do there. And that kind of goes to the interview. Like for me, my interview, they're like name one current event happening in Spain right now. Like (laughs) just like different stuff, just because Madrid was like the most popular 
popular location and they only took 30 people and like they get Madrid was just like the number one place people wanted to go. Okay. Well then moving on to actually paying for your program. Like we said, cost is a big thing when you're trying to find the right program. Mm -hmm. But like, how are we actually going to like pay for it? Because they can get expensive. Scholarships. Yes. <laughs> really big scholarships that like are pretty much available to most college students. It's like the Gilman Scholarship. I know like a bunch of people that have like won those and like got to go. I have a friend that's in like Ghana now on that scholarship. Mm -hmm. What's like you did like diversity abroad, Joy? Yeah. So you said Gilman. If you're a grad student, there's the Fulbright Scholarship and also just like general scholarships if you, you know, are a black, brown, person of color, all of that jazz, you can apply to diversity abroad. They have like, I think like $500 scholarships, which are good for like paying for your flight and stuff. And general, just like go on Google and search study yeah. abroad scholarships for this country or study abroad scholarships for women or black people or whatever yeah. you are, like search for scholarships for that. And also, then go oh, ahead. Sorry. Also look at like the program you're doing because a lot of like, like the program I did AIFS or if you're doing like EF tours or whatever other company is out there, they usually have like scholarships that they offer like mm -hmm. within that program itself. Yes, ma'am. And lastly, like check your school. I like the study abroad office might have general like scholarships for anyone that's going abroad that semester. And just like look early. Those study abroad applications are way early. I remember when I finally went to look for like a scholarship, like most of them had closed. So make sure you look early. Like as soon as you start considering study abroad, like look and see when those applications open because sometimes schools are kind of late with when they like will accept your application or have their deadlines. Those are completely different from like scholarship deadlines that aren't affiliated with your school. Great. So now that we have all of that out the way, how do we actually prepare to like go to whichever country you want to go to? Right. Got your accepted. Yeah. Now you got to get your life together. You got to <laughs> think about to your fail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this can be I don't know. This is actually probably like the most like complex part, I guess. So if you don't already have like a passport or a visa, like you have to figure out what type of travel document you need. Yeah, definitely confirm with your study abroad office what you need. But the most common things are your passport. You need that to go out of the country. And if you don't have a passport, you know, post office and get the application and follow the directions on that application because we don't know when you're listening to this podcast if like things have updated or changed. So Follow the directions on said passport application. Yeah. <laughs> and be prepared to pay money. Oh, yeah. You got to pay for the passport. You have to pay to get photos taken. The photos have to be taken like professionally and printed out at a certain dimension. So make sure you just follow what they say to do because you don't want your application to be like denied and then you have to redo everything. Yeah. And, and it takes like weeks to get back. Yeah, I was gonna say, make sure you do this like super ahead of time because if your program is leaving in like two weeks, you're not going to get your passport in time. If Yeah. <laughs> Starting. Yes. So make sure you do your passport like a couple months ahead of time. And there are like expedited options, but like don't bank on that. Second is visa. So visas are extra documentation that you may or may not need to get into the country you're going to. Sometimes you don't need a visa as a tourist, but if you're going to be a student or you're going to be there for an extended period of time, you will need a visa. So once again, make sure you double check with your study abroad office and the country that you're going to to see the most updated and accurate information about visas. But I know Janelle didn't need a visa because she was in Spain for a summer, but I needed a visa because I was going to be in Spain longer than 90 days. So I have experiences with getting a visa for Spain and Brazil, and they were very similar. You have an application very similar to the passport, and 
And then, but for Spain, since I was going to be a student, I needed a lot of extra documents. Like I needed documents from my school saying that I was going to be a student. I needed documents from my school in Spain confirming that I was enrolled, like a bunch of stuff. So my school really helped us with all of that. And they printed everything out for us and like made our packets. We just had to go to our visa appointment. And then usually you have to go in person to a consulate, which is basically just an office that that country has here in the US. And make sure that there's a consulate in your city. If you live in a smaller city, you might have to travel to a different state to get to a consulate. Thank goodness I go to school in LA, which is like a very big hub for travel. So almost every country has an LA consulate. But like when I was in Atlanta, I think they didn't have a Brazilian consulate or some somewhere I was living, they didn't have the consulate where I was. So I had to wait till I got back to school. So like that's very important that you make sure it's in your city. And then once again, visas you have to pay for. Brazil was pretty expensive. It was like over $100, but my Brazilian visa is for like nine years. So I can go back to Brazil anytime. Nice. Yeah, that's visa. Okay. <laughs> I was surprised Atlanta didn't have like consulates. Pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was Atlanta. Don't quote me on this, but I remember like I was looking for a consulate and it wasn't close. Like I would have had to like fly to a different state. So I waited Sheesh. till like, because I was looking over winter break. And so I waited until I got back to LA. Yeah, well, yeah. So definitely do all of that stuff very far ahead of time. Like, <laughs> yeah, do not wait last minute because the flight will leave you. Your group will leave yeah. you. Like ain't no waiting for you. All right. So the next major thing is packing, which can Ooh. be super stressful. You can tackle this one on your own, <laughs> sis. <laughs> this can be very stressful depending how long you're leaving for. Like I was gone for a summer. So I just had like one checked bag. It was like a huge suitcase and then a carry on. And then also like a backpack, like my personal item. But like Joy, she said she had like two check bags. What else Correct. do you have? Added two check bags and a carry on bag and my backpack. So okay. was, I went for a similar. semester. Yeah. But like a lot of people who only took one check bag ended up buying another suitcase. So yeah, I was prepared. I didn't fill the second suitcase though. Like I had a suitcase full and then my second suitcase had like a blanket in it. So when I came back, both those were very full. <laughs> yeah. You need to like make sure you pack, be like knowing that you're going to come back with way more stuff. So leave space in your bags for coming home when you're packing. Yeah. And if you're going to Europe, literally pack for like two weeks because you're going to go shopping. Yeah. Yeah. Period. Yeah. There's no way around. <laughs> and don't pack, only pack for the season you're going for. Like people pack for summer thinking Spain was going to be warm between January and May. Spain doesn't even get warm until like June. Yeah, it's not. So like that wasn't <laughs> even in our scope. Like I didn't wear, I don't think I, I think I wore a skirt maybe the last week I was there. Like that was the first time I was comfortable enough to like have my legs out oh, because geez. it was like kind of warm. So if you're going to Europe in the spring semester, aka January through May, don't even bother with warm weather clothes. If it gets warm, then buy a t-shirt, but don't waste space yeah. in your suitcase. <laughs> and then also, oh yeah, if you're going in the summer, on the other hand, definitely pack like crop tops, shorts, like some appropriate clothing, but you do not need any sweaters. You don't need any bulky like blankets or anything like that in your bag because you'll just be hot and it's unnecessary. 
<laughs> yeah. And we also have a episode dedicated to packing. So we'll have that like ready for you guys. But make sure you scroll through the podcast episodes because we go in depth on a lot of these yeah. topics. So go to that packing episode. And then just like one other thing with packing, make sure you have like the correct converter and like don't <laughs> oh, like. You right. You right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Do not like be the one that like blows out all of the power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The outlet. Don't take appliances. Don't take hair tools. Nothing like that because it's not going to work or it's going to break. I took a converter. I also took a, my heated blanket, but it, it plugged in. It was the right voltage. OK, so it, it lasted. OK, that's good. I've definitely been in a situation. I think it was like in high school where like a lady like plugged something in and like one of the hotels. It was like a blow dryer or something. And like it turned off like all of the power for that like entire hotel. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty insane. So, yeah, be prepared with that type of stuff. And then one of like, well, it's not the last topic, but like one of our last major topics is like making sure you have like money, like money, 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 understand money. what currency you're going to be money. in. And then this could even go with like oh, yeah. planning ahead and just like understanding what the exchange rates are, especially uh, like if you're going to the UK, you're going broke, oh. sis. <laughs> yeah, broke. the pound. <laughs> when we went to Europe, we went before Brexit. So the pound was very strong. Yeah. When Janelle and I went back in 2015, I think, yeah. or something before Brexit, like the pound was so strong. It was like almost double. <laughs> I don't know what it is now, but like that hurt inside. Yeah. And then you should, if you're planning to study abroad in Europe, like watch the euro because sometimes that can be like basically a dollar. That can be like pretty similar. So like if when that comes, like that's the time to convert your money. But Mm -hmm. other times, you know, if you're already in Europe and it's like too late and you just have to convert while you're there, like it can be inconvenient. I used used a card the whole time. I didn't, I don't think I got, I got cash sometimes. I got cash out of the ATM for like, like weekend trips and like smaller like restaurants. And also I went to like a couple of like places I didn't want to use my card but like mm-hmm. everywhere in Spain was pretty good with my card yeah um, I feel like Europe in general is pretty good yeah but there are like those certain situations where like you're going to need cash yeah especially like if you're going to like restaurants and groups oh, like yeah. y'all are gonna They're need not gonna split cash <laughs> like they don't split the check and unless what sometimes what we did was calculated how much we had to pay and then we went up to the cash register and gave them our card and the amount okay they let us do that so like just be ready that you cannot split checks in Europe. Don't even try no. it. Don't even ask. They're going to laugh at your face and be like, no. And then you're going to be at a table with 15 people like doing math. Yeah. And then also if you're using your card, because I am famous for not doing this, but notify your bank when you're like, you don't do that. <laughs> so many times have I been in a foreign country and my card was deactivated. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. Oh, and notify your phone because your phone company. Oh, yeah. That's a that's another have sp- <laughs> Sprint came through because I had free data internationally. Really? That's really yeah, good. Yeah, I had free data tech like text like I just couldn't call, so I used WhatsApp that's and dumb. I was good my whole study. Where I didn't get a phone plan. People were like, "How do you didn't get a SIM card?" Yeah. And I was like, "Sprint came through for the one time in its entire life." I will literally stay on airplane mode like my whole trip and just connect to Wi Fi. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, but people bought like SIM card stuff. Okay. But I'm like they basically only used it for data and they like got WhatsApp. I had 3G the whole time, but I was happy. Yeah, at least it's not. But yeah, definitely yeah. notify your bank because they will stop your account for like sketchy charges. <laughs> yeah, definitely do that. You can usually do it through like the bank app. Oh yeah, for sure. And like set like vacation dates. 
stuff. Okay, so to wrap up this episode, we're going to just quickly run through quick tips. So the first tip is like apps to have. I used my favorite translating app is iTranslate. I just love that app so much. But there is Google Translate and a couple others. And like Google Translate is cool because you can like take pictures and like it will translate text. Yeah, and you can download the languages too. So if you don't have Mm -hmm. like data or Wi-Fi, you always have like something. Yeah, Google Maps came through just because they have like transit maps for like almost every city and like kind of those like walking directions but every city should have its own like train like specific transit app i know in spain i use move it i'm looking at my phone right now just to see like what apps i use and then also an uber is good in a lot of countries in europe i even use it in brazil but it was very sketch in brazil like they don't even list like the license plate number oh yeah but um but there's (laughs) other like uber similar apps out there too depending yeah in spain we i used cabify and i thought was like what I like. What's up? People only use WhatsApp to message. Like yeah. only in the US do we use like iMessage or just regular texting. Yeah. WhatsApp is people. <laughs> yeah. WhatsApp is like if you don't have the app, download it now because if you meet like locals or just like group messages for your program, it's going to be on WhatsApp. Yeah. Airbnb, you're going to need accommodations if you do weekend trips oh, yeah. or if you're like Janelle, you just stay in the bus station, train <laughs> station. Or there's hostels or there's hotels, whatever your heart desires but yeah i we're gonna have an episode completely on like apps and tools to 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 use so make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you look for that look out for that episode um because we have an episode dedicated to tools and finessing yeah (laughs) okay and then also when the last couple things for just like pre abroad stuff look into like flights you know if your flight isn't included with your program try to like put on like a google alert for wherever you have to go i know it can get pricey sometimes if like your dates are set and you can't really like work around it yeah book early yeah or get there like early and like travel around if yeah, the flight is okay. like significantly cheaper yeah my one friend did do that she like well I think she like left later than everyone else but like she left and like mm-hmm. traveled to like Italy and like did a bunch of things before coming home oh yeah and like that was keep so that much in cheaper. consideration like if you don't have anything to do the summer or like the you know winter break after your study abroad like you probably will want to travel around I know everyone like some people did and the people didn't wish they could so like look ahead of your schedule and like if the flights are cheaper why not yeah and I guess the last thing is just like really research your destination if you know you're gonna go to Europe like look at like all of the places you could go to while you're there it's so much easier to go to like other like small countries and cities like while you're already over there rather than like doing it in a separate like a completely separate time and that's not just true for Europe it's also true like if you're in Australia and like maybe you want to go to Fiji like do that too like it's gonna be so much harder to get a flight to Fiji like when you're already back yeah yeah and see like what the cultural norms are like going to Europe it's very similar to the U.S. but there are some things that are different like in Spain you eat dinner at 10 p.m. and like all the meals are like a little bit later but like some other countries it's gonna be a lot more drastic like culture shock might be very real um just depending on like how people live like what they eat like standards of living um if you know you're living with a host family and they're from a different socioeconomic background is you like there's a lot of things that could you know come up so make sure you research your destination and like really like listen at the pre like abroad meetings you might have I know they like get annoying and repetitive but like if you know there's students who've already been there and they're giving advice really listen to it because you know you don't want to be like really shook when you get there all righty well I guess that That's concludes this episode right? 
Yeah, part two in the bag. Yeah, so next week, come back for part three. We're going to just really be talking about how to take advantage of your experience abroad once you get there, weekend trip, classes, all of that good stuff. And we're going to reflect on our biggest takeaways on study abroad. So thanks, guys, so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you are subscribed to receive new episodes every Tuesday and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. We also love to talk to you guys on social media. Share a screenshot of this episode to your Instagram stories tagging at Melanin and Miles to start chatting with us.